All right, so we have a guest speaker this morning. I am not going to introduce him. I'm going to introduce the person who's introducing him. Uh, it's like a Senate hearing or something, but Carl Harrington, why don't you come up and introduce, I'm not going to say his name because then I will do your job for you. So. I didn't quite feel introduced, but you know my name. <laughs> you know my name's Carl Harrington. Um, <laughs> so if you're a guest here, we are part of a family of churches um, called Confluence, and uh, we actually were originally part of a family of churches called New Frontiers, so Terry Virgo, if you Google New Frontiers, Google Terry Virgo, you'll find a lot of information about us, and uh, so I became a part of New Frontiers in 92. Two and Virginia and I, my wife, we planted the first New Frontier Church in the USA uh, in '93. And then um, what happened was Terry stepped down. Uh, he's still kicking and going. And uh, Michael, Ben's dad, actually looks a lot like him, and uh, he could pass for a relative for sure. And uh, so it it's been interesting just. And we aren't an association of churches. We're not a network. We're a family of churches under apostolic oversight. And Terry started that. And um, then what year did the transition happen? Early 2000, 2008, you think? I think he left. 11. So what Terry did was he stepped back and... Uh, he recognized, or the apostolic team recognized, I think 16 uh, guys that they saw as apostles throughout the world. So New Frontiers is throughout the world. Uh, it's in um, a lot of countries. I think we have, we're in like 90 countries, close to 2,000 churches. And, um, and what was interesting is um, Terry actually wasn't sure how to make that transition. And uh, but felt like this was the right way to do it. And because New Frontiers was what we would call a 5013C in England, it'd be called a charity, that was a legal name that couldn't be used by other groups. And so they each of these, we call them spheres, came up with their own name. So the sphere that Scott leads is called Disciple Nations. And... Uh, and, and it's so difficult to come up with a new name that we worked several days coming up with a name for the one in the U.S. I ended up having a stroke because stress was so bad. And uh, that's the joke that Brian Mowry tells, that it was so hard Carl had three strokes. And, uh, but so we, we named our sphere Confluence because our name was New Frontiers USA. And we knew that God wanted us to have influence in other nations. And so we now have some churches in Mexico uh, that are part of, of our movement, our sphere. And they probably wouldn't be happy with New Frontiers USA living in Mexico. And I wouldn't be either. So um, as I could talk about this all day, and I'm not. But uh, I, I do want you to know we are a family of churches. Uh, Scott's a good friend, uh, Scott and Claire. 
uh, are good friends of ours. Actually, Stephen and uh, Shan, his wife, you guys stand up, are here. And they live in Iowa. But they're from Zimbabwe and Zambia. Uh, Zambia. And so the whole family was supposed to be here, but um, we got what? Yeah, y'all can be seated. We got, uh, but his daughter, uh, Kimberly, came down with COVID. And so we had to rearrange everything. But Scott and I met uh, in the 90s. Uh, probably around 98, and the first time Virginia and I met him, we were in Harare, Zimbabwe, and he, we, we actually just ran into him and started talking, and uh, after about an hour later, I told Virginia, I've got to sit down, because they were doing so much there in uh, Zimbabwe that I thought, man, we're not doing anything we're, here we are from a very wealthy, maybe the wealthiest nation on the earth, and compared to what these guys are doing, uh, it's like incredible. And uh, Scott and I, over the years, have just become friends. Um, I've been there. He's been here before. Uh, he's spoken at our celebration that we haven't been able to have the last two years. I think we will be able to have it next year. Uh, but that's when all the churches in the southeast, all three of us, get together and uh, with another church looking in, uh, and we meet in the summertime. And one of the things that I would say I think is important for us is for us to have a connection with other countries, especially third world countries, because um, it's pretty much been said that in every culture, there's a part of that culture that's part of the kingdom of God, part of that culture that is neutral, and part of that culture that actually is part of the kingdom of darkness. And so, for example, I think we're the only country in the world that people can make a living storing people's stuff. Because they got so much. <laughs> so you have to rent. We have these huge houses. And, and don't, don't feel condemned because I'm not trying to condemn you. I don't know anybody in here that has a storage unit. Uh, but I ride by and see, you know, let us store your extra stuff. And, and, uh, and the first time that we went to uh, Mozambique, we went out to see someone who was raising chickens and uh, they had trash in their yard. And Scott told us that's a sign of wealth. Right. And most of the yards, most of the huts and the yards were completely clean of any. But this person, because they had a job, working money, that was that, you know, totally the opposite of us. But uh, I think it's so important for us to be connected to those outside of ourselves mm. So that that is one of the biggest ways we can become aware of what is part of the kingdom of darkness. And so one of the things, they don't say this in Mozambique, you know, live the Mozambique dream. But we say live the American dream because we would actually have a mindset that we find our joy, we find our security and our happiness in what we get here on the earth. 
And actually what we're to be looking for is what is coming yeah. when Jesus returns. Yeah. Well, you live in a country like Mozambique, you're not, you're not thinking that way. And so it's been, I would say, more helpful for us uh, as a group of churches to be um, connected with and see. I mean, so there's some of you guys, Ed and Lindsay, or not Lindsay, Chris, and uh, Lindsay was going, uh, and Kathy have been to Mozambique. We've taken three groups there, a group of seven, a group of eight, and a group of 30. And uh, we've also partnered with, with Scott and what they're doing in Mozambique um, with uh, seeing a school built. And so that's, we're going to continue to take offerings each year for that. Um, they've gotten the, the what we call the grade school finished, and now we're moving into the junior high and high school, uh, but we're, we're partnering with them in that, and, and that is tremendously, uh, that is very much a privilege for us to be able to do that. Um, and what else was I gonna tell you? Yeah, I think that's, hopefully, that's clear as mud. And uh, if you have any questions, then, um, you know, talk to me afterwards, talk to Scott, talk to Ben or Heather, talk to Ed. Ed has been to Mozambique. And uh, so it's, uh, it's a real privilege to, just to introduce Scott, and let's welcome him as he comes and shares okay. with us. Thanks so much, Scott. Morning, everyone. What a joy to worship Jesus together. And it has felt like a feast to be here with you. And not only it's my first meeting in close proximity with no mandatory mask, but uh, just for the welcome that we've received, the joy that it's been to be with you, and the sense of God among us. It is really a feast to be together. Uh, as Carl said, we've been friends for years and years, and about three years ago, I think, I had the joy of meeting Ben and Heather at a uh, celebration, I think it was called, at Ridgecrest, and uh, heard of this church in North Carolina, and it is a real, real joy to be with you today and to see God's hand on you, evidently. Uh, and the sense of family, which I'm going to talk about in a moment, that I think is more precious than we realize, to, to actually have that. Ed, it's great to see you this morning, and uh, thanks for coming out to Mozambique, and I hope, it'll be, I hope there'll be more um, in, in the 2022 team coming out. As Carl said, uh, it's great to have Stephen and Shan here. Stephen is my son. And uh, I hadn't seen him for about two years. Uh, as Carl said, he's been studying in Iowa at Dort University, and because of the COVID pandemic, etc., we were unable to get to his wedding. We were unable to get to his uh, 21st, and I don't know if we'll be able to get to his graduation next year. But uh, <laughs> 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 just letting you know. <laughs> But uh, 
it's, it's been quite a crazy feeling to speak to him after a year of being married. And I hadn't seen him for about six months up to being married and seeing them as a couple. Uh, we are staying with Jamie and Leslie, which has been such a joy. Talk about structured and unstructured living in the same house. It's, <laughs> it's just an amazing thing of beauty to, to behold. I'll let you decide which one is which of, of the two. But uh, it was just such a fun experience um, because there's this nice room with a big double bed and a, and a duvet, and then there's this other like kids' room, which, you know, obviously Stephen is going to sleep there, but the, the roles were completely reversed, and uh, they could take the double bed, and it's just an amazing experience. So, guys, it is, yeah, just very, very rich to be with you. And uh, I believe God has great things for us as a family of churches, New Frontiers, a group of spheres around the world. And um, the title of my message this morning was Live Real Life. And uh, I think I've changed it to Precious Authority, the same concept but the word that Heather brought and the account of that prayer time with Scott is exactly what the message is about. This sense of the preciousness of who we are in Jesus, the reality and the wonder of that, but also flowing from that, the power and authority and the intentionality for global mission that must spring from that because God is a global God. And he created the heavens and the earth and every nation and set in place the boundaries that men may seek him and find him. So, uh, I think what I'd love to do is pray and then I'll just give you a couple of snapshots of where things are in Zimbabwe and Mozambique just to earth it a little bit. And then I'd love to preach a message from Second Timothy and uh, try to land by one o'clock. That's okay. <laughs> That's no, a joke. It's, it's, I think we it should be done by quarter to quarter to is fine. Father, thank you so much that we really are a family together on a mission. I thank you for the vibrancy, even as we arrived at this building today, the joy in hearts, the embrace of diversity. Thank you for every evidence of your grace and your peace and your life, and your joy, and your spirit on this church. Thank you, Lord, for gifts that you've given the body of Christ, for building up of the body, equipping of saints for works of ministry, that the body may be built up into the head, which is Christ. I pray this morning, Lord Jesus, for the work of your spirit to build a church, to bless a people, to impart spiritually in a way that changes lives and causes your kingdom and your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, just a couple of quick um, items to earth things. Um, first of all, the word family. Uh, I've had the joy in my life of being in business and financing my salary 100% from the marketplace whilst being in church leadership and increasingly in 
church leadership. Uh, so the business that I had in Zimbabwe that was my main source of income was in ball and roller bearings. Um, we represented uh, NSK, NTN, and a couple of other ball bearing manufacturers that compete with SKF and supplied the mining, industrial, agricultural sectors primarily. And then when our president, Robert Mugabe, forcefully acquired the farms, he forcefully acquired 51% of my business as well. And my business, for some reason, was a high-profile business because of what we were doing as the church. And I had a couple of months to find a previously disadvantaged Zimbabwean to give or sell 51% to. So I tried to tell the powers that be that I was a previously disadvantaged Zimbabwean. My father is Portuguese, and the Portuguese people were seriously disadvantaged. Uh, but that didn't fly. It was essentially a, a race color issue. And uh, so that transition happened. It was about that time that uh, I, I took a wedding for a couple. And after the wedding had happened, I heard about this initiative in the north, northern part of Mozambique and how it was on the cusp of Islamic advance down Africa and that they needed a church to be planted there. And so I and a group of guys went up. It's about 3,000 kilometers from where I was living. And I heard people praying in Portuguese. And my dad was Portuguese. I didn't grow up speaking Portuguese, but I heard it in the house, but mainly swear words. <laughs> and uh, when I heard these people praising God, honestly, it was that for me. I just went down on my face, and I just thought, Lord, it is, it is possible that people who speak Portuguese can worship Jesus. It's, it, I believe now. I have seen and I believe. I, I don't know. Something deep happened within me and I thought we really have to go. Stephen was about nine years old, I think at the time, maybe eight. We took our kids out of school, went to the north of Mozambique. And I bought land that I'd never walked on before. It was separated by a river. We knocked a big... Um, anthill over the river, that was our first project, and made a bridge across. And we lived in a tent for just under a year, and we, we found water, and we literally carved out a chicken farm out of there. We were convinced that we didn't want to be supported by Zimbabwe or by anywhere else, but we wanted to come in as learners, learning the language, learning culture, and as traders, interacting locally, not being dependent beyond, but living with the limitations that the people do there. And that was a story of a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. But uh, the, the good news is that we are seeing the multiplication of churches now on the river Zambezi and further north now where we are in Nampula. And I just had the news of one of our guys who's an excellent Bible teacher coming back with the news that four churches have been planted, 35 have been through his Bible school, and he had pictures of these people in huts with their Bible school certificates, and they've gone through the curriculum, and he's now saying, these three or four need to be appointed as elders. Can we, over the next year, do trips backwards and forwards and see that earth? And uh, I'm turning 50 this year, and uh, I'm thinking I really want to see handover. I really want to see new apostolic leaders in place. And uh, 
I want to get beyond Zimbabwe, Zambia, Mozambique, Malawi, get up into Central Africa. The opportunity is massive for this expression of evangelistic advance where we are able to help communities grow in productive uh, profitability, sustainability, and in there bring kingdom values, uh, marriage, family, work ethic, the expression of God's kingdom. Uh, I know you'll have read in Ephesians 4, let him who's been stealing steal no longer, but work with honest hands that he may be able to ge be generous on every occasion. The expression of the gospel, not just worshiping Jesus and singing hallelujah, but actually living in a way that brings blessing. And uh, that, was, that was God's commission to us when he created us in his image. Um, he blessed us, said be fruitful, increase, multiply, and fill the earth. And I'm hoping to be able to um, earth that for you as well this morning. Um, also to say that we had Terry Virgo preach at our Easter conference for Disciple Nations as Carl mentioned, our family of churches, which is in a number of southern African nations. And he preached over Easter weekend. The Friday evening was on the cross, and then the Saturday morning on the Father, the Saturday evening on the Son, and the Sunday morning on the Holy Spirit. And it's just absolutely outstanding teaching. I'll, I'll try and share the link with you, and you can have a listen. Terry, Terry's now 80-something, and I think he's richer and deeper, not only theologically, but in his communication of values by osmosis. And I just highly, highly recommend it. We are translating it into three languages at the, mo at the moment, the whole of the message, and having it published in, in print and in multimedia or, or audiovisual as well. And so it's quite amazing to feel exactly the same values that we enjoy here, right here, right now, when you come to Mozambique, you'll be like, wow, this is exactly the same type of vibe, exactly the same type of values in a different language, in a different culture, and the, the heat will be different as well. <laughs> the, the degrees and uh, there'll be mosquitoes and malaria at night and other little things. Uh, yeah. Um, I think I'll leave it there. It, it, in terms of uh, earthing or just giving some updates. Maybe just to say in, in finish on that, that this chicken farm grew to be able to have crocodiles as well. And so I'm an egg farmer and a croc farmer. And uh, the crocs, uh, Chris and uh, Ed, and I don't know anyone else who may have held the crocs while, while we were out there, but they're an amazing, amazing animal. I recommend farming crocs more than chickens. <laughs> By far, they are low maintenance. Uh, they're the top of the food chain. They eat anything. They don't die. And it's just a pleasure to deal with. I, you know, you leave them for a year, you come back, they've grown. We, we, <laughs> we actually just clean the water every two or three days, and whatever chicken dies or whatever from the abattoir just gets thrown in there. It needs very little preparation. And, uh, and we're mainly going for the skin. Uh, and there's also a market for the meat, but it's, it's primarily the skin. So um, 
I'm hoping that that will continue to be a source of revenue for me and my family going forward and that God will multiply the effectiveness of the gospel and our family of churches as we keep going. Please would you turn with me in your Bibles to the book of 2 Timothy. And uh, as I said, the, this message was going to be called Live Real Life. Um, you know, you hear this sung sometimes, live your life, be free, uh, live the real life, and I think it could just as well be called precious authority or global mission. Second Timothy chapter 2, uh, this is the Apostle Paul in his, m the moments before he is executed. And uh, you'll remember, I'm sure, that all the disciples except John were martyred. Uh, Mark, who is the guy who hit Africa, he was Jesus' disciple who got to Alexandria in the north of Africa, was martyred by being pulled behind a horse through the town, dragged over the stones, bouncing until after however many hours he expired uh, the different disciples were martyred in different ways. It's one of the proofs of the veracity of the resurrection that every single one of them was unwilling to recant their faith. Uh, and many disciples since have been like that. I, I remember the account of Peter, my favorite of all the disciples. He was martyred by crucifixion, just like Jesus. And at the point of martyrdom, he said, I'm unworthy to be crucified as my saviour, put me upside down. And so the Apostle Peter died like that. And down the ages, others have given their lives in amazing ways. I was in Oxford uh, two years ago at the very place where a martyr called Ridley died. He was martyred by being burned at the stake. And uh, he'd really incurred the wrath of the people there because... They put him up to recant his faith. They said, unless you recant, we'll kill you. And uh, he said, okay, I'll recant. I, I don't believe anymore. And they, they were so happy about that, they called a meeting of the whole town. They put him up on a platform. And they said, just tell the town now, <laughs> once and for all. And then he stood and said, I believe that we are saved by grace alone through faith alone, in Christ alone, and not by works that any man can boast. That God has prepared works for us from before the foundation, and he got about that far, and they took him down, and they strapped him to a pyre. His, his family had come dressed in wedding clothes, and his wife said she was convinced that he was going to give his life that day, and she felt so proud of him that he would stand for Christ. And the kids were dressed smart, but they were crying, and she was crying. And he, the famous moment comes that they light the fire, and the flames are going up around him. And his last words are, Today is lit a fire of the gospel, which will not burn out across all England and to the ends of the earth. And he goes up in flames. This is the kind of context of the scripture the New Testament vibe of giving our lives for all that Jesus has called us to 
the Apostle Peter writing to Timothy, his dear child, that word that we heard, he's writing in chains in prison. He says, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound in chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. The key verse, verse 10, Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they may obtain the salvation that is in Christ with eternal glory. We are living a life that appears to be stable. It feels like we're going to take our next breath, five breaths from now. Yeah, I'm sure it'll happen. It did. And I'm sure we'll take the next one, five breaths from now. And we kind of are lulled into this false sense of security that we're living in a context of relative peace and ease. And we lose track of the fact that Hubble Space Center has just said that there are three trillion galaxies now, upgraded from earlier estimates of one billion, then went to a hundred billion, then it was like, no, it's a trillion, it's going to be, it's over a trillion. And Hubble's just come out saying, no, it's more than three trillion galaxies. I don't have time to go into the size, the average size of a galaxy. And, and you just realize this is bigger than we ever realized. And the earth is spinning faster than we ever realized. And the sun is bigger than we ever realized. And we are part of a story that is infinitely greater than we realize. And in that story, you and I are created in the image of God. And we are absolutely different to everything else that has been created. I don't know if you've bought Bitcoin at all, but it's, a, it's quite an extraordinary thing to see cryptocurrency in action and the complexity of crypto. And how I remember the first time I bought it, I was like, you mean I can just send money in and then choose to buy and just say buy, poof, and it's there. 
And this whole thing was set up by human beings. And there's Ethereum and Cardano and T-Fuel and there's, there's thousands of these coins and it's so complex. And I just think you and I are so different to the next most intelligent animal. Like, I think dolphins are amazing. I don't know if you swum with dolphins, but they come close, they protect you, you feel a vibe. But a dolphin is so far away from Bitcoin, it's crazy. <laughs> there's, there's just, it's like, there's this thing. Yes, we've, we've, got a, we've got a respiratory system, and we reproduce, and we've got eyes, and there's, everything's got same stuff, but with humans when god came to the sixth day let us create man in our own image and so he created him male and female he created them it's the only theology in the world that creates man and woman equal equal standing before god equal value immediately from the beginning the wisdom of the bible eclipses every other philosophy every other thought pattern and thought system on earth. We are part of a story that is so much bigger than we realize. And the stakes are immeasurably higher than we realize. The glory and the reward that awaits is more glorious than we could imagine. And the desperation of eternal separation from God in hell is more disastrous than we ever realized. And the Apostle Paul in his, in his final moments he's about to die. He says, my life is being poured out as a drink offering. It's the present tense. It's like I am nearly gone. It's like, Timothy, I want you to get this. Just get this. And this is what he says to him. My child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. That's my first point today. Pray. Be connected to Jesus. If there is one thing we do in our lives, it's don't do anything. Just sit at his feet. Do you remember that story of Mary and Martha? And Jesus said, Mary has chosen the better portion. Martha was running around getting tea and getting coffee and getting supper ready and preparing and whatever. And Mary was just sitting at Jesus' feet and adoring. Do you know we are in the safest place, the best place, the most secure place for now and into all eternity being in relationship with Jesus? And when we see Jesus by the Holy Spirit... We see the Father. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you see the Father. What is the Father like? The Father is just like Jesus. Jesus is the outshining of the radiance of the glory of God. The fullness of the deity lives in him in bodily form. So as we go to the scriptures, as we read of Jesus in the Old Testament and in the New Testament and delight in his wisdom and, and just see him, you're, you're there. And yet it takes this authority, this boldness, this recklessness to break through all the distractions of life 
and to get those moments alone with Christ. Paul says it like no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits. I think he calls it no soldier. His aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Sharing sufferings as a good soldier. In other words, there's bad soldiers and good soldiers. We'll read later, there's athletes that comply with the rules and athletes that don't. There's work farmers who are hardworking and farmers who are lazy. A good soldier will not get caught up in civilian affairs. And I think the temptation for us when we wake up in the morning is to immediately immerse in civilian affairs. Whatever those are. It's just the normal affairs of the day, whether it's email, whether it's WhatsApp. I don't know if you guys use WhatsApp here. WhatsApp is just the greatest thing after the Bible. It's, hopefully that'll be taken off the tape after, after recording. But uh, we get immersed in civilian affairs. We, we want to put on the news. We want to put on the sport. And I think particularly in the States, we get wound up by allegiance, be it political, be it uh, team sport allegiance, be it state-orientated identity. And in the church, we, we get confused. We get caught up in civilian affairs and say, well, we're going to treat you differently if you voted for Trump. We're going to treat you differently if you think I should have voted for Trump. We're going to treat you differently if you're a Democrat. We're going to treat you... None of this is of primary significance. The primary significance for the good soldier is not to get caught up in civilian affairs. I think he should be voting. I, should he be, I think he should be thinking about who he votes for. I, I don't envy you with the choices of political candidates that you get given. You have to make a choice and get stuck in, but not caught up. Where we embrace one another, irrespective of the politics, irrespective of the background, irrespective of the economics, irrespective, 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 irrespective. And the same goes for gender where we can be standing on truth, knowing that Jesus is our source, but understanding none of us have a perfect sexuality. We can be so free to embrace one another on the journey we are all on in Christ, to stand redeemed, restored by the power of His Spirit. That the church is a place that doesn't get caught up in these civilian affairs, but is strengthened by the grace of God. And I, I just pray that coming from Zimbabwe, coming from Mozambique, as I preach, I would inspire you to grow closer to Jesus. And as you wake up in the morning and open the scriptures, you could feel the privilege, the wonder of Jesus having spoken his word, inspired his word. As Paul said, all scripture is God-breathed. Very next chapter, 3.16 useful for teaching, correcting, reproof, training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. This is the bedrock. And, and you, you might not realize, but it's just the same as a soldier at war. It's just the same as an athlete competing in the Olympics. It's just the same as a farmer with hectares and hectares of crops that come in with a profit. To actually be able to be alongside Jesus in the morning, during the day, in the evening. That's war. That's the thing that the enemy will want to hold you back from more than anything else. 
And I, I just use the little thing, prrp, P-R-R-P. And when I read my Bible in the morning, I pray, read, reflect, and pray. I just think of that, Because <laughs> in the morning, you don't have time to think a lot, hey? You just have to have that simple. And I just, I say, Lord Jesus, I cannot understand a single word of this. I have no ability to be able to get anything from this unless your spirit empowers me. Please, Lord Jesus, speak to me by your spirit. And then I, I tend to read through the Bible in a year. I use a little Bible reading plan, but you can use whatever. And, and I've been going through Timothy recently, just reading a chapter at a time. So read and then reflect. Lord Jesus, what are you saying to me? That's what you said to Timothy through Paul then. What are you saying to me through Paul now? And that's just a hugely important thing. How does this apply to me? How does, Jesus, how are you changing me today? And I, I, see the, I see Ben's character. I see Jamie's character. I see Leslie's character. I see it in the, for this couple in their home, just the way they set up the home, things that are important to them. And then I feel it in their lifestyle. And it comes from being with Jesus, thinking it through, being kind. Jamie's got a little thing in his study that says, be kind always. And I think to myself, he's obviously chosen that because he thinks it's an important thing to have in his study. And you see it in his life all the time. He is just so kind. It's a fruit of the Spirit. So it, it, but it's not Jamie. Like, he's really not that great. <laughs> he he left, left to his own devices. He's not going to get that. Am I right, Jamie? 100% Because <laughs> I know because he's just like me. I see so much of me as I hear him talk. It is Jesus in him. Everything that is awful and terrible that comes out of me is exactly Scott. And everything that is beautiful and righteous and holy and glorious is Jesus. And in the wisdom of God, He allows our personality to somehow be melded into His glory. And the temptation sometimes is that we start taking the glory and say, yeah, well, actually, I am quite, quite... No, no. We cannot bear any fruit apart from Him. We get that absolutely right. Jesus said in John 15, if you abide in me and my word in you, you will bear much fruit. It's to my Father's glory. So it's an automatic thing. And this is really where the battle is, is to get into the Scriptures. Open our hearts to the Holy Spirit. Be in real relationship with the living God. That's living the real life. And don't be surprised if suffering comes, hardship comes. It's not a recipe to the American dream, which is something, 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 and the pursuit of happiness. I think it's life, liberty, justice, and the pursuit of happiness. It's almost like this, this happiness, that happiness is the result of the achievement of all this. Funnily enough, in God's economy, it doesn't happen that way. We go through pain and hardship, difficulty and challenge. And there's this kind of recent thinking that goes, when it's difficult, 
Am I doing something wrong? Is God not here? Does God not love me? None of that was in Paul's thinking. He's in chains, and he says, but the word of God isn't changed. Doesn't, isn't chained. He's not particularly worried about himself. He doesn't know, oh, that's the, the conditions in this uh, cell are so bad. I'm still sitting in my poo. I still am sitting in my wee. I just can't. Oh, there's maggots everywhere. You don't hear that stuff. That's what was happening. You hear the joy in Jesus. He's living for a life. He's living the real life. You look at him with the American dream. You're like, is that, is that the real life? 100% that's the real life. Because everything that we know is going down. I can't believe that Bitcoin is going to go to zero, but it won't be in heaven. It's 30,000, 40,000 at the moment. I think it's going to go to 60, 70, maybe to 1.2 million. But there's coming a day. It'll be zero. And on that day, the only thing that will count is faith expressed in love. Galatians 5.22. That's the only thing that will count. Faith in Jesus, true faith, expressed in love. This precious authority. Faith, like really, really connected to God, expressed in love. That will last forever and ever. The last two things that he quickly tells Timothy. First one is connect with God, pray, be strengthened in the grace of God. Second is, he says, and what you've heard from me in the presence of witnesses entrust to faithful men so that they will be able to teach others. Pass on. Pray, pass on. I want to encourage you in whatever situation you are in to be actively looking for ways to pass on what you have learned from Jesus. You might connect in a children's church. You might connect in worship. You might connect in business with a group sharing things. You might have a mum's group. You might, whatever situation, whatever walk of life, the kingdom of God is like yeast working through dough. I, I said that as I looked at Israel and I thought there's no more appropriate moment to look at the man. Have you, have you tasted his tacos? <laughs> we just had them last night and that was something else. He has a gift in that area. It's hospitality. And, and it's pass on, pass on, and look for creative ways to do it. I'm just so happy to see this church with some teenagers, some youngsters, some olders. There's just so many opportunities here. And getting the youngsters up, getting them going, getting them leading, getting them teaching. I've been so proud of Stephen and Shani. They, they're part of a ministry in Iowa called Living Loved. And all they've done, they've started sharing their story to schools around the place. And Stephen tells his story of how he grew up as a pastor's kid and some of the pains and challenges that he faced. And uh, he's just real about them. And other kids listen. Because he's real, they say, wow, I can identify with that. This thing's real. And what we can be tempted to do as believers is just have a relationship with Jesus that is personal. And that sounds so... Spiritual, doesn't it? My relationship with Jesus is personal. But Jesus has always said, God has always said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor 
as yourself. These two are two sides of the same coin. Precious authority. From that real relationship, we take real steps to make a difference. It's a funny thing. When you, when you start sharing with others of your own relationship with Jesus, it, it's a catalyst to that. You, you can't be as phony if you're telling others what's happening in your life, what's really happening. And then the last one is persevere. In the presence of many witnesses to faithful men who will be able to teach others, here he goes, share in the sufferings as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And this is what it is being borne out in verse 10. I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ with eternal glory. There is a perseverance that we can go into that never looks back, that says, this is my life. This is the real life. It takes authority. It takes boldness. It takes aggression. It takes forcefulness. Like Jesus said, the kingdom of God is advancing forcefully and violent men lay hold of it. It's, I am really going to do this by the power that God gives me. says, um, I do this, I endure everything for the sake of the elect that they may obtain salvation. I just want to finish with the fact that we have massive opportunity for global mission in our partnership. This is to be worked out right here in North Carolina, right here in this state, right here in America, across different states and what's happening with Confluence, but it's got potential to be a partnership that is global we see nations opening up. Young people coming and going. Teens moving. Actively partnering together. Carl mentioned that we are establishing a school in the northern part of Mozambique. 400 kilometers north of us, we've had our first 100 beheadings by fundamentalist Islamic forces. It's a stone's throw from where we are. The school needs to be there so that high-capacity Christian families can be in on the ground, working in the businesses, working in the colleges. We're not supporting missionaries. We're basing our lives in this place, linking with local community, learning language, learning culture. And I'm believing God for fruit 10 years, 20 years, 100 years from now, where local Mozambicans, if Jesus tarries, will be preaching more powerfully than we ever would be able to. And as we take Mozambique and the northern part of Mozambique, other areas will be opening up. Right now, Malawi is crying out for the resources that we're bringing. And this mechanism of raising people to communicate Christ, generate a profit, and demonstrate character in money, sex, and power. And we aim at 17 to 27-year-olds. And we say, guys, we want to equip you to be able to communicate Christ from revelation knowledge of Him for yourself generate profit in a way that your whole community can be up, upskilled and demonstrate character as you get richer, as you get more prominent in money, sex, and power in a way that shines the character of Jesus. So we're going for 2,400 of that generation in Zimbabwe. We have 1,200 wards 
And we want two in each ward from across the denominations of church. You don't have to be part of Disciple Nations. You don't have to be part of New Frontiers. We want to bless the body of Christ as a whole. We don't want the name of Confluence to be the name above every other name. And, and Carl, you shouldn't have stressed so much about the, the name change. That was a joke. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't stress. His three stents weren't from that. But, you know, I mean, I saw, I saw a food outlet called Five Guys. I mean, what an, it, I, I'm just convinced. It doesn't matter what the name is. <laughs> I mean, anything. You could have, like, shirt collar. Be like, okay, exit. You know, whatever, you can just, you can call a thing whatever, as long as what you're delivering is, and I, I know that God has amazing stuff for us if we would get this big picture. If we would lay our lives down for this. If we would make money our slave. If we would take of the five loaves and two fish that he's entrusted to us and bring them to Jesus. And it does, it, it's exactly like a soldier, it's exactly like an athlete, it's exactly like a hard-working farmer. It is so hard. It's absolutely real. But more real than that is the opportunity and the eternal glory that there is as we partner together. And I think that's the joy of being part of New Frontiers, this grouping of multiple spheres across the earth, each one of them growing, is that we can pray individually, quietly on our own. We can start to pass on in our sphere of influence locally and we can persevere and partner globally and see mighty things. I'd love to pray into that and I think, Ben, you're going to close. Lord Jesus, thank you that we can see Paul writing to Timothy with such love as a dear child and calling him to eternal glory, living the real life, even though he was in chains, even in his own feces, even in the darkness of facing, will it be tomorrow that my head is off? And living with such inspiration. Father, I pray for your blessing on this church that you would grow us in our ability to connect with you, to be strengthened in our most holy faith, to be strengthened in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, to know that we don't approach you on our own righteousness. On our worst day, we can boast all the more that it's only you who qualifies us. I pray, Lord, for this revelation, understanding of your grace that would lead to passing on to others what we have ourselves received. I pray for inspiration for each one, that there'd be new sparks of, I can serve in this way, I can connect in that way. I can see that the body of Christ is the thing that will last forever. I pray for new boldness from this preciousness of being a child to the boldness of being a child. And Lord, that you would take us into this persevering partnership globally. That we would see hundreds, thousands 
tens of thousands come to you from different nations, different tribes, different tongues. Lord, we sense such destiny, such like a mustard seed here and pray that it would grow into a mighty tree and bring shade for multitudes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.